Brother Cromwell lay buried and dead. Hee-haw, buried and dead. There grew an old apple tree over his head. Hee-haw, over his head. And then it's just like about like apples falling on his grave. That's what the song's about. So, what? yeah, just to give you an idea of... of Hi, I'm Jacob Kennedy. And I'm Liam McPherson. It's the newest edition of your Lordship's favorite podcast. It's Speech from, from the, the Throne, throne episode 25. 25. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in the Halls of Power. But not with another whining video of King Charles misplacing his royal pens. We're just here to argue. Hey, Jacob. What are we talking about today? Well, as you probably guessed from that opening meme, we're talking about His Royal Highness King Charles III. Now, I know, like I was, Liam, like the whole nation was, we were all very torn up to see uh, poor Queen Elizabeth II die, not just because of her important role in leading the Commonwealth and leading Britain in a time of transition and ending the British Empire, blah, 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 but also because, you know, she was... Her longevity was a source of, of memes all over Reddit, and, and that's what we actually really care about. So, so long as a person is, is, is worthy of memeing, that's when a person is important to us. And unfortunately, King Charles is... he's not very funny. Exterminate! <laughs> exterminate! Exterminate! In fact, it's almost pathetic to, to watch him work in the public stage because... He just has this habit of sucking the joy out of every single uh, speech or performance he gives in public. And when you are a monarch in a constitutional monarch and your only job is to be a celebrity, you know, being someone that sucks the fun out of everything, that, that basically makes you, I would say, invalid for the job. Now, I, I've been against the monarchy for a long time, but so long as Queen Elizabeth was the queen, this incredibly popular, well-loved figure, I think myself and many other Republicans in Canada and the rest of the Commonwealth, we were well aware that there was no possible way that we were ever going to be able to end this admittedly outdated and completely useless institution because her personal magnetism kept it alive. This is not the case with King Charles III. I saw some recent polling from April conducted by Angus Reid. It showed that uh, Queen Elizabeth had a favorability rating of 63% amongst Canadians, and but King Charles only had 29%. Similar polls conducted after the death of Queen Elizabeth uh, last Thursday showed that only about 35% of Canadians want to continue a constitutional monarchy in Canada. Clearly, this is in flux. This is a debate that we have been pushing down for too long, and I think it's time we have this debate. Now in Britain, I can see how you have a you'd have a different opinion about these this royal family. In in Britain, it does seem that the the royal family brings in more money than they take out. There definitely are a parasite, they're a drain on the state, but this idea of having a fairy tale royalty and all these fancy castles, it it does draw tourists in. It does give the UK a a, a bit of a, a mystique that other countries do not have. In Canada, however, it's difficult to see the upside. We get to pay the security costs when these spoiled, pampered adult children want to come in and visit the colonies, uh, but we don't get any of the tourists coming to, to visit our fancy castles and our fancy palaces. We get to pay, but we don't get to get anything in return. 
And in fact, I think this also works for people on the conservative side of the spectrum as well, because right now, for example, in Alberta, uh, we see Daniel Smith is peddling a sovereignty act. One of the reasons why a sovereignty act might fail in Alberta is because a lieutenant governor appointed by Justin Trudeau could choose not to sign the Sovereignty Act because she would believe it's unconstitutional. And the lieutenant governor of Alberta has actually come out and said as much that she would not uh, sign wow. because she believes it's unconstitutional. So if you're, That's unusual. It is. It's very unusual. If you're a conservative and you don't like this, you don't like the fact that the federal government has its fingers in the provincial government and that the, that the prime minister can essentially appoint the head of Alberta's legislature, I think you also should be against the monarchy. You should also be against this institution. Now, everyone is saying, however, oh, this is impossible. We never, even though most Canadians don't want this institution, most people think that this is a, a, a medieval, pointless, antiquated institution. Most pundits and political analysts say, well, it's impossible to change, that it would require all the provinces to agree to change it. And I just don't really necessarily believe that that's true. I think that we can essentially get rid of the monarchy in the same way that Harper was planning to get rid of the Senate, which is Parliament can always choose who is and who is not the king. Parliament has a history of being able to depose kings at will. In fact, King Charles I, that's exactly what happened to him. Parliament decided he wasn't the king, and then Parliament killed him <laughs> in the end. They, be they beheaded him in a bill of attainder. I don't want the Canadian Parliament to execute King Charles. I mean, we can talk about Prince Andrew and what he's done maybe is uh, getting close to deserving that sort of punishment. But King Charles for the moment, uh, I don't think deserves anything like that. But certainly Parliament can decide that there is no king. Parliament can easily decide that there is no king or Parliament can decide that whoever Parliament elects as president gets to serve as the president and king of Canada. We can easily do that. And that's not something that requires all the provinces to get together. So I think when pundits are, are saying, oh, this is impossible, and this thing that 70% of Canadians want can never happen, they're obfuscating for no reason. They're protecting an institution that gives us nothing for reasons that don't seem to make any sense. I don't see who the winner is in all of this. It's just typical Canadian mediocrity and unwillingness to change the status quo. And that's something we got to do away with. It's a change that's needed. It's a change that most people seem to want. And it's a change that's within our power to pursue. So let's get it done. Well, I mean, first off, I just want to, before I get into the nitty gritty, I want to lead off with how I saw a tweet today about how Canadian the response to the public holiday or supposed holiday <laughs> this this coming Monday at time of recording. Uh, now that, of course, you're listening to this, it will have already happened. But today we're recording this before it's happened. So this coming Monday, the response to it was so Canadian. It was like some provinces were like, like the Maritime provinces were like, okay, we're going to make it a provincial holiday. Quebec was like, no, like they were the one of the first to say no, which surprises nobody. Doug Ford was like, oh, we're so sad. Her majesty's gone, but uh, no commerce. Uh, and uh, so it's just like, it's a classic federalist mishmash of different things happening all across the country, which brings me into the nitty gritty, which is that on... Fortunately, I know that you've, you've said that pundits say this can't happen, but constitutional experts also say it can't happen. I mean, for the record, I personally 
want it to happen. I think it is far overdue. I think that, as you said in your your opening sort of spiel, that Queen Elizabeth's sort of likability was the only thing that keeping people relatively warm to being part of a constitutional monarchy. Um, However, any change at all, any change at all to the arrangements around the crown would require the approval of the provinces and the feds. That's just the way it is. So if you have one monarchist province, it's done. That's it. If you have one monarchist prime minister, that's it. I'm not saying maybe there's a way to effectively disentangle ourselves from it while still maybe she's officially our head of state. Like maybe there's some sort of de facto arrangement we could get away with. But yes, but um, what you can do if you want to is you can basically keep Queen Elizabeth as the queen forever. I and mean, we'll just be we'll just have a dead monarch, which effectively means the monarchy is over. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We can't become the Republic of Canada without all the provinces agreeing, but we can effectively become a, a republic if we want to. And it's the most, I think it's the most Canadian way of changing, which is to change nothing, but then to actually allow the world to change around us. Now, my concern with that is first, well, first off, actually, before I get to my concern, I want to cover a lot of the just completely incoherent concerns around leaving the monarchy. Sure, sure. I've seen a lot of terrible discourse on if we leave the monarchy, we're going to be like the states (laughs) and we can't have a president. Look, look at what a mess it is down there. And it's like, okay, but there's like dozens of states, like nation states in Europe that were former monarchies that get on just fine. And by the way, president doesn't mean the same thing in a lot of those countries as it does in the states. We're super influenced by our American understanding of what a president is. But in a lot of these countries in Europe, a lot of these former monarchies that have since become uh, parliamentary republics, the president is a purely ceremonial role. There is no veto. There's no, exactly. The president is in, in effect what our governor general is doing now. It's completely ceremonial. He has no veto. He has no say. He just signs, he or she just signs the bills. That's it. Argued and dissolves with more parliament than one, and calls elections too. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Like So all the functions yeah. of the governor general. Yeah. But I've, I've argued with people on Twitter who are convinced, absolutely convinced that we cannot possibly leave because, well, America is so close to us that it will, it, things will just creep towards being more Americanized. It's like, come on. Like, it's such a, it's such a pathetic, uniquely Canadian thing. It's like, oh, that's too difficult and scary. We don't want to try it. So nothing ever changes. But to get to my cons- my personal concern, we'd, we'd obviously need to consult with constitutional experts who can kind of rule on does the constitution expressly say that we're tied to the head of the British monarch as the head of state as it changes, whether that's Queen Elizabeth II, whether that's King Charles III, whatever, or is there room for us to sort of finagle? We do have the right to we do have the right to appoint our own monarch, and it's been stated a couple times, especially when Canada first became independent, that we could choose a member of the existing House of Windsor to become an independent King of Canada. That was an option that was floated during Confederation. Can you pick a dead person? During during Confederation, the the obvious decision was to was whether to create an independent kingdom of Canada, but that didn't happen. But obvi- what I'm saying is, yes, we can pick. We would pick a dead person, or we would just pick someone, and never replace them, and then the monarchy would become effectively dead. We live in a country that still believes in parliamentary supremacy. So I don't really see any reason why that's not acceptable. And I'll, it's the same. It's, that's why I used Stephen Harper as the example, because his plan for abolishing the Senate was just to stop appointing senators. And constitutional experts got really angry at him, and the Supreme Court got really angry at him. But no one stopped him from doing that, because no one can really, no one can really force the parliament to do something that 
it's within its power not to do. And I think, I, I don't know why people got so annoyed with Harper. I think that was the, the absolute right way to end the Senate. I think Canadians are just pearl clutchers in this, in this regard. I know that it's not the right way to do it, but who gives a fuck? It's the only way it's going to happen. As he said, it's, you're never going to get all the 10 provinces to agree. But almost all the people agree. And the only demographic right now that actually is in a majority support of the, of the monarchy continuing is the 55 and over crowd. Guess what? They're going to be dead. It's the future, the future of the country. We believe that the monarchy should be abolished. It's, it's just as simple as that. It is within our power. It is. It's an anachronism. And like, look, I'm not going to say that at one time or another it wasn't useful to our ends. Um, but the reality is, is it played a huge role in using indigenous people and mm -hmm. uh, other colonies yeah, yeah. Uh, as a means to an end. Um, and that's absolutely unacceptable. And it's an anachronism. Maybe it's history. I'm not saying we should wipe it. Like, I'm not saying we should wipe the history of the monarchy from our text. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, let's leave the damn monarchy. Like, let's like, come on. Why are we spending so much money on this? There's so many things that we could be spending money on other than this. There's so many priorities that aren't sort of associating with the, these sort of rich people in their ivory tower. There's a, there's a way bigger problem. If you think of like that, these is a class of people who are constitutionally protected from any sort of consequences to their actions, essentially. I mean, like, so Prince Andrew is a classic example of someone who we've known that he's, that he's an associate of Jeffrey Epstein. He's been accused by several women of raping them when he, when they were children. And then during, during the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, his mother, we saw him on television grope his daughter by the cameras. You can look this oh, up. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you look it up. He was he oh, he, he rested his he rested his hand on his daughter's back and then very obviously pushed his hand onto her buttocks and cupped her buttocks and then quickly sh shifted them away when he realized that he was on that he was on television. This is a man who is the most disgusting person you could possibly imagine who is constitutionally protected from any consequences. And do you know why he's constitutionally protected? Because his aunt Margaret was charged with drunk driving in 2008 and the charges were dropped because the crown did not know whether or not it could prosecute i mean the crown would be essentially prosecuting itself because we are in a, mon a constitutional monarchy it is in the name of these people that our whole justice system operates now there's obviously some workaround you could you could ex expel them from the royal family and, and and try them as a as a commoner but why do we allow this to, in the in the first place? You think of the, the the constitutional quagmires that we've had, like the King Bing affair, for example, where the the Governor General uh, essentially dissolved the government. You know, why do we allow these sorts of constitutional quagmires to begin with? If I understand that it's a good idea, probably to have someone to check the prime minister's power. I mean, God knows that the prime minister is way too powerful. But don't you think the person that's checking the prime minister's power should be at least somewhat accountable to the freaking people? <laughs> not accountable to a, a king it's 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 oh it's an open and shut case it's an open and shut case it's crazy that we're still talking about it and the only possible reason that you could actually think that this is the best way to run your country is if you genuinely believe that these people are chosen by god and god has made them better than any possible person that could be elected to replace them if you do not believe that god has given these these people these horribly inbred people like the most uh, the, 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 it's it's not a family tree it's a family branch if you don't think that if you don't believe that God has gifted these people with some superior genetics to rule over us. There is zero reason to allow them to rule over us. Zero.
it's an anachronism. And interestingly enough, I, I hadn't heard about the, the groping incident. I can't say I'm surprised at all. Prince Andrew, despite being stripped of most of his military and royal responsibilities, continues as a counselor of yeah. state, which could see him stand in for King Charles yeah. III. Yeah. Big time. He could still, it's like, oh my gosh, what do these people not get? And look, I understand he lost his mother, sure, but he's a creep. Yeah. He committed crimes. He should be in prison. And guess what? You know, there was a, a kid who heckled Prince Andrew during the funeral procession, and he said, you're a sick old man or something like that, and we can we can clutch our pearls and say how rude it was that someone would yell that at someone who just lost their mother. But given who Prince Andrew is, you know, you're not ex- expecting necessarily an outpouring of sympathy, and that kid was charged Ugh. for doing that. And there's been people with signs that have held up signs like not my king or like one person held up a blank sign and it was just a blank sign and the cop told him to it's like come on like it's really you're just gonna thrash the power on the state down as if this is 1667 or whatever it's just it's ridiculous that we put so much stock into this and by the way during your spiel i mean i was listening but i also googled (laughs) i googled um the thing about like that we can just have any monarch we want. And you, you're you right. It was a, a, a theory that's been sort of brought up by Philip Lagasse, uh, the, the Carlton professor. Uh, and we could, in fact, it, it, all the Constitution says is that we have to have a monarch. It doesn't have, it doesn't say who it has to be. So, in, in fact, due to those loopholes, we could crown Harry and Meghan the monarch. We could crown anybody. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So, we could de facto make the monarchy kind of useless maybe like does it have so does it have to be from england or could we could there be a king of canada it, it could be anyone i'm king of the world Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! I... Ah! and it can and it can be exactly as justin trudeau has done to the senate where he's he's made the senate sort of appointed through a different process but it's just it could be that could be changed by a different prime minister I mean, for me, I don't see why we cannot say that Parliament gets to elect a president and then that president de facto becomes the king. I don't like I that would obviously be that. exactly yeah. that could that could obviously be changed by any Parliament, but I don't see why Parliament would ever change that. Why why would Parliament give away a power that it has? Do we know that we whether or not we have to refer to the monarch as a king or queen, or could a president be the monarch and essentially just be the GG? I think what would happen is that in all the documentation, you call them the king. But then in real life, you'd call them the... Yeah, in all the documentation, you call them the king. But then in real life, you call them the president. I mean, it's yeah. in the same way, like, the prime minister, his title is never mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. It's a, it's a, it's a role that was obviously envisioned, like, the, the prime minister's uh, role existed before the existence of Canada. But it's not stipulated anywhere. It's, it's, everything is done through the king. Everything is, everything is done as a fantasy or in right of, of the king. And so this is something that I think Canadians are, are well aware of, and we have these sorts of pantomimes already where a person has power by right of someone else, but we all know where power actually lies, and we just sort of change the names and, and change the labels. I mean, I don't know why we're pretending that it's so much it's so much more difficult to do it with this particular label than any other label. This is just how we've this is how our country has, has been running for a long time. There's a lot of really weird, polite fictions that we use, or like the Quebec's nation within nation is the classic example of, of words that mean nothing but but mean something to them. Like this is this is just how Canada operates. So it's it's all kabuki theater. I'm all I'm just saying is we should uh, 
do some rewrites on the script. Yeah, I mean, I, I concur. I, I don't, again, I, I don't see why there is any need, particularly after Queen Elizabeth II has passed away, for us to, to cling to this system. It's bizarre to me. It is a waste of money, but I, I do believe that in, in classic Canadian fashion, absolutely nothing will change. I do also believe that. Well, and, and I don't even mean like he... they, they, they change who the king is. Like, I don't even think they'll do that. I don't think anything will change no. at all. The problem is, is like, if it was ever going to change, it, it has to happen now because, you know, that same poll that I was uh, citing, the Angus Reid poll from April, it, it showed that the Queen had 63% support. It showed that, that Charles had 29% support. But William, his successor, has 60% support. He's almost as popular as his grandmother was. So as soon as, as Charles dies, the monarchy could be reinvigorated. It's Charles personally, who is just so bad at public relations and is so hated by so many people after the way he treated Diana, he is our best opportunity to get rid of this institution. If we wait too long, if we wait for him to kick the bucket, and to be honest, now that we know that we get a holiday out of a dead monarch, I think <laughs> King Charles is worth more to us dead than alive at this point. Let's just We can just admit that straight off the bat. If we wait till he is gone... His son could easily revive this thing, and we'll, we'll, again, we'll be waiting decades to, to replace it. This is the best opportunity. We have to strike now if we're going to strike at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point about Charles. I, I think his personal unpopularity has been around since at least the uh, split with him and Princess Diana. Uh, we don't know necessarily what went on fully behind the scenes. We just hear crap in the media, but he certainly didn't come off well in the PR war, to say the least. And he had been linked romantically to Camilla like five years into their their marriage. Uh, he actually considered courting her shortly before he got with Diana. So it's, you know, it's, and that's fine. That's his business, but it's, you know, it's, he's already been a PR nightmare and he's been a PR nightmare for 30 years. Maybe it's re recovered a little bit since his mom died, but you know, his son is far more popular. William is far more popular and Will, Will and Kate uh, and Harry, I would say is even more popular than them because he's actually willing to reject all this BS, but because he's willing to reject the BS, I don't think he'll be in the equation at all. I mean, he does spend a lot of time in BC. So if... Justin Trudeau finally got some gumption and wanted to make a move like this. He could just crown Harry King, you know, and you don't actually have to do anything but sign our bills. I'm sure he would do it. And, you know, all the other ceremonial functions that Gigi would take on. But you'd assume there'd be way less pressure on him than there was in the UK to do something like that. And, and you know, I people forget in an institution like this, it doesn't it doesn't keep up with the times. Like, yes, the monarchy is silent on on political issues, quote unquote. But the, uh, a number of things have, have been made public, including by Harry himself, about the racism in, in within the monarchy. The British press nearly killed Meghan Markle. She was going to kill herself because they just wanted to devour her whole for the fact that she was biracial. And say what you want about Meghan Markle, about whatever problem you have with Meghan Markle, it's all because she's biracial, whether you like it or not. It's because she is a person of color in the monarchy. That is the only reason she is getting the treatment that she is. Hence why they fled and, and left their roles. I don't blame them for a second. You know, we don't and, allow and this... seeing reporting in the, in the last few days that showed that while Queen Elizabeth was alive, Buckingham Palace prevented people of color from working on their staff. This was an official policy that they had, what? was to stop people of color from working in Buckingham Palace. So weird, man. It's just like, yeah. it's just weird and bizarre. Like, why are we paying money into this? Like, oh, you know, we exactly. wouldn't accept like, our, our kids. That? We wouldn't accept our kids or our friends or our family being treated like that. But mm -hmm. yet we pay money and, and like 
praise this institution? It, it just makes no sense. I get it. We were a British colony. It's over. Get yep. over it. Move on. There's actually there's a, another part of this that I would like to, to briefly touch on before we wrap up, and that was when we were talking about whether or not to declare this as a statutory holiday or a federal holiday. And the arguments that I saw were so fascinating because almost immediately after the government announced that it was going to be a federal holiday and that uh, Justin Trudeau was asking for the support of provincial premiers to make it a statutory holiday, the Association of Small Businesses came out saying, absolutely not, do not allow this to happen that holidays cost billions of dollars to the economy. And there there actually are analysts in, in um, CIBC, for example, that, that showed that the average, or at least in this, in this uh, Toronto Star article I was um, reading, uh, the CIBC analyst was quoted as saying that the, a single statutory holiday costs the economy between $2 billion to $4 billion. But the interesting thing is, is that the way that this was phrased is it costs the economy. But when you looked at the evidence that he was quoted on, he didn't talk about there being a lack of productivity because people had taken the day off. It was more that because in a statutory holiday, you get paid time and a half for working that day, it's that the employers had to pay their employees more. So the economy does not shrink by two to four billion dollars on a statutory holiday. It's just that that amount of money is transferred from the employers to the employees. But this is phrased as costing the economy. That doesn't cost the economy. It's a wealth transfer. That's a good thing. <laughs> but that's good. But because it, it, it hurts people in, in power, the people with capital, it's phrased as if this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. And of course, conservative governments that are pretending oh, oh we, we, we love the queen and we're, we're, we're the staunchest monarchs and we don't want anything to ever change. Well, they're, the, they're also the first people to declare that they're not going to give people the day off. I think exactly. you can see just how little they actually care about this. They don't and, care and about they, this. Who they, and they, who they serve. But it goes back to they don't care about workers either. Like They, yeah, they just exactly. care about exploiting them for another day. That's why they didn't give the day off. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's right there. It's it's as plain as day, as clear as day to see. And it's par for the course. And you'll find the more progressive, quote-unquote, provinces, even those with conservative, quote-unquote, administrations, which are, are more progressive than the ones further west, all the ones out here in the Maritimes gave the day off. I mean, like, to an extent. It's still a, bit, a little bit of a mishmash. Like, provincial and provincial regulated employees, they gave the day off. Oh, um, but okay, businesses okay. can still uh, choose whether or not to. But oddly enough, I think it's Ontario, and I forget what other provinces don't give Remembrance Day off, but here, everybody gets Remembrance Day off. It's yeah, a stat. So in, in, in Alberta as well. Yeah, I, I was always amazed that, that uh, Ontario doesn't do that. But anyway, so, I don't know. It's just like, it's just Canadian federalism. It's just classic Canadian federalism. I don't think anything's going to change. Do I hope it changes? Yes. I don't think anything is going to change, particularly under this prime minister. Or the, or if Polyev gets in, I don't think he'll change a damn thing either. I actually am more excited about this. I actually think that, that change is possible, simply because I think King Charles's instincts are so bad that I think he's going to screw up so horribly that he's actually going to sort of force us to, to reopen our constitution or force us to make some sort of change. And I think you could see that from basically day one of his ascendancy to throne here. I mean, he, he chose the name King Charles III. He did not have to keep his name. 
One of his middle names is Arthur. He could have been King Arthur. He could have been reminding us of uh, of days of yore, of, of myth, of all the great things that can be associated with, with a medieval monarchy. He could have called himself King Victor. He could have associated himself with Victoria and uh, reminding us a little bit about the strong women of his, of his line. He could have picked any name he wanted, but he chose to pick King Charles III. And the most famous King Charles is the Man of Blood. That's how every person in Britain remembers King Charles from the English Civil Wars, the Man of Blood, the famous tyrant, the, the stock character, in fact, in, the, in, in England of a tyrant is King Charles I. That's the man he decided to evoke. That's the dumbest public relations move you can possibly have done. And isn't Charles and too, uh, wasn't he forced to abdicate? Charles II was not forced to abdicate. It was James oh, okay. that was forced to abdicate. What, did anything happen to Charles too? Uh, like, is there anything cursed with him? Uh, no, he's famous for, he's famous for sort of being just a, a jolly guy. I think he's called, like, the, the, the jolly king. He, yeah, but, I mean, like, it cursed in the sense of, like, I'm trying to remember if he was the one that's, that was, that hid in the royal oak, that he was, like, during the English Civil Wars, like, he was definitely, he was definitely laid low during the time of Oliver Cromwell. He had to run for his life several times. And... Oliver Cromwell lay buried and dead. He buried and dead. There grew an old apple tree over his head. He I'd say he was the most um, down-to-earth monarch that they probably ever had because he saw how easy it is to lose everything. There's nothing, like, I don't, I don't find him too offensive, to be honest, but definitely his dad was not the best uh, leader that Britain's ever had. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I was actually confusing yeah. James with Charles II. Um, yeah, so I just remember Charles II was known as the Merry Monarch. Mary oh, okay. Monarch. And he, just reading his, his Wikipedia page, acknowledged to have at least 12 legitimate children by various mistresses, but no legitimate children. Oh, great. Love it, love it. That's yeah. good. So Succeeded just... by his brother James, and then James was the Catholic that was forced to leave. Oh, gotcha. Uh, forced out because he was Catholic. And gotcha. that's evil. Was that when the you Church cannot of... have a Catholic as the as the head of England. That's not allowed. Was that before or after the Church of England was created? It was long, long after. Long after. See, you know, I'm, I ask you because you know these things. I only know like a, a handful about the monarchy because I just I don't. Maybe it sounds bad. I, I just don't care to be coherent in the ins and out of it, ins and outs of it. I just don't. It's like I I I'm interested in it because I'm interested in history. But that's yeah. where it belongs to stay. History. It's an interesting story. It's yeah, not something that, that was, we have. It's not a story we need to keep writing. I don't in, know if that was a waste of our time. Our day and age, but it sure let makes it, for a fun let anecdote. Let it be confined to history books. It's fun there. It's 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 cool there. You can have you can you can enjoy those stories. Let's not let those stories rule our lives, though. All right. Well, I guess that just about does it for today. If you liked what you heard, if you hated what you heard, if you want to share. Your thoughts with us, you can always hit us up at speechfromthethrone at gmail.com. That's all one word, lowercase, speechfromthethrone at gmail.com. And we will talk to you in the next one. Take care of yourselves. Bye, bye, bye.